0: welcome welcome all to the pro football radio podcast we are at episode 68 this is your co-host jay chima with the pride and joy of merrimack new hampshire da puma and our senior contributor eric burgess the bird fellows welcome in how are you
1: what is happening y'all it's great to be back with the gang i'm uh, working a little bit on the road down to my parents in south carolina but I got all my gear here, ready to roll, I have some whiskey, I have some IPAs, let's get this show on the road.
2: After the week I just had dealing with home issues and going into the weekend, I thought it could have just have been an absolute bad, bad weekend with everything I dealt <clears throat> with. But boy, this week, I am a happy camper with the NFL and I can't <laughs> wait to get to talking about it. <laughs>
0: Listen, we're all in good spirits over here with the Patriots winning. So let's give you guys a quick rundown of what the podcast is going to be uh, be like today, essentially the content. Um, we're going to talk about the Patriots surprise win over the Ravens. We're going to discuss the MVP race. We're going to talk about are the Rams legitimate contenders or not. We're going to preview five big games next week, which is going to be Arizona versus Seattle, Tennessee versus Baltimore, Green Bay versus Indianapolis. Uh, Kansas City versus Las Vegas, uh, Tampa Bay versus uh, the Los Angeles Rams, and then we're going to finish out the podcast with a it to the bank parlay, which we are two weeks in a row correct on, and then finally, bullish with the Burge. But before all of that, before all of that, I want to say happy birthday to my boy, Puma.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Far too kind. It's weird celebrating a birthday in a pandemic, but that was kind of one of the main reasons of going down to South Carolina was to see my folks as a little birthday gift to myself. Uh, they retired down here probably, I don't know, maybe like five months ago. And I haven't seen them since then. So it's it's good to be with the fam. And uh, thank you for, for the birthday wishes. Much appreciated. And once this pandemic's in the rear view, we all got to make our way to a bar and, and do a, a shot or 50.
0: Yeah, it's, oh yeah! It's funny. I woke up today, and like I've been conditioned to wake up, and the first thing I look at is my calendar and emails, right? And now, you know, it's one of those things where like I don't have to do that anymore. So I woke up, and I just happened to do it out of habit, and like my calendar was like Brendan's birthday, and I'm like, perfect. <laughs> 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 Thank you, calendar. Thank you, technology. But I also told Tara to remind me as well in case I forgot. So it was like a a safety valve, just in case you know I forgot and do not look at my calendar. So happy birthday to the Puma! We are so happy for you, sir.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And I'm I'm not going to hold it against you with the the calendar. You know, I I have to use Facebook to remind me when it's people's birthdays. And it kind of reminds me of maybe I need to do the purge of Facebook because I haven't talked to some of these people for like five years. So, yeah. It's
0: all I, I don't even have Facebook anymore. Like I used to have a Facebook account like way back in the day. I don't even know if I like back in college, and I don't know if I could even get in and talk to some of my old friends, which truthfully, I mean they're not friends anymore. They're just acquaintances, right?
1: <laughs> they're just people with a pulse. Yeah, exactly, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. You know what I always do, I always whenever I go on these drives back to like Ohio or like, you know, whenever I take a long drive, about halfway through I start calling people I haven't talked to in like years and start reconnecting. Like, oh hey Saw your name on the phone. What's up? And sometimes oh it's god. super awkward. Oh my god! Sometimes it's so awkward because it's like people you've seen like three or four times at a party in college. They are kind of cool. Some you thought were kind of hot. You're just trying to feel out. You know what I'm saying? I'm surprised wow. those people actually pick up for you. I know if I got a call like that, I wouldn't. I would just
2: ignore it. I know,
0: right? Well, it is. when you have ten hours to kill when you're driving back to Ohio, you kind of get creative with this stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's get into the podcast. Uh, I know you, my uh, you, Mr. Burge, are super happy, just like I am, because the Patriots finally got a win. The Patriots on Sunday night football beat the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, 23-17 was the final score. Uh, kind of a slugfest, kind of a sloppy game. So let me turn it over to you, Burge, and get your initial thoughts on what the Patriots looked like on Sunday night.
2: They finally made me happy this year. Mm. They finally won a game. a game that people – more or less, we're pick, not picking them to win, including myself. It felt really good to watch that game. Hey, you know and, who? was the
0: one person that picked them to win? Take it to
2: the bank. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Cha-ching. kudos to you, man. I wasn't, I wasn't as confident as you were going into that game, but, you know, watch as the game rolled on, you know, I, I think I texted you at at like halftime and I'm like, we're winning this game. Mm -hmm. The Patriots were, 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 were controlling the tempo in that game. outside of the first TD drive by, by the Ravens, I thought the defense really held up, uh, held up well against, you know, a a stunning running attack that the, the Ravens have, um, you know. I, I take a lot out of this game. You got some. I mean, I call them emerging young stars. You got Damian Harris running the rock hard. I mean, he's continuing to just continue to dominate um, when they're giving him, you know, consistent looks in that offense. And then there's Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers, you know, made the team last year. He, you know, in the preseason looked really good with Stidham. Um, you know, in his first in his first uh, preseason there, but he's really come on uh, for this for this Patriots team, especially the last two weeks. I mean. You guys saw that that touchdown pass mm-hmm. that he threw to uh, to Rex Burkhead. I mean, did you guys also see his high school highlights? I like,
0: I have not, but I heard he was a great uh, high school quarterback as well.
2: He was a great quarterback, and that 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 was that was one of the better throws we've seen all year out of any Patriots quarterback.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Quarterback playing, so you know I am excited to see what they can do going forward. I don't I don't think that uh, you know these two young stars are enough to to you know significantly move the needle on this team, but it's you know it's something to feel good about. You know going uh into the last uh last weeks of this season and then how about JC Jackson another interception I think it's five straight games he's had a pick I mean granted against the Jets he didn't look good and the pick probably wasn't uh you know the best so to speak but you know he continues to make plays you know when they need him I mean especially that was at the end of the first half if I remember correctly and the the Ravens were kind of driving there so he ended effectively ended that drive and prevented any points going on the board and that's huge that's huge they need that kind of contribution from these young players um, if they want to make any kind of noise going down the stretch here uh, in the 2020 season offense played mistake-free football they didn't turn the ball over cam newton was even running hard when he was you know when he was running the ball lowering his shoulder into defensive backs running people over just it just felt felt great to actually see them put together an effort like this against a team that they probably shouldn't have beat and yes the weather was probably a factor in this game. There we go. But man, but man, it felt great.
0: Yeah, and listen, and I think that's the key here. And I think we all need to kind of take a step back. And and I picked the Patriots to win this game, but I never envisioned, like, never envisioned it like this. I think the key contributor for the Patriots winning this game was the weather. I do truly believe if this game was played in dry conditions, we would have lost that game, right? Um, but I think... I'm not as excited as most people in New England are over this one because I I have a fear that this week we might end up losing to the Houston Texans because, you know, for for as bad as... Uh, as uh, I think Lamar Jackson I'm sorry uh, for I don't think I'm not that high on Deshaun Watson as a quarterback I do think he's going to have a fuel day with uh, picking this defensive defense part so I'm not I'm not like super high like everybody is uh, I, you know after this Patriots win I just want to see a little bit more and if we do win against the Houston Texans which you know we got to take that next step from being a bad team and you know going to a team that's kind of like in the middle of the pack that actually beats people I think that's what needs to happen needs to happen next.
2: No I agree and and, you know, this this doesn't move the needle for me in terms of what I actually think that this team is. I mean, to step in the right direction for them, that's for damn sure. Um, you know, you look back last month in October, if they were playing this game, they would have gotten blown out, in my opinion, regardless of the weather. They would have gotten blown out. Um, it's, it's just good to see them starting to make some positive steps forward. I mean, the offensive line for the offense is... Elite. Those five guys up there, you know, with with Macy, <laughs> Tooney, Win, uh, Andrews, and Awanu? Did I say his name right? Yeah. Awanu, on uh, the right a win, tackle. A win you I believe. A win you. Yeah, a win you. Um, You know, they're, they're elite, and um, you know, they were pushing pushing the Ravens around uh, on Sunday night, and you know, this win, it keeps the playoff hope that you know you and I both have alive. <laughs> You know there are
0: realistic paths for this team no, no, to, no, no. I to, think, to make the playoffs. I, I think it's just you. For me, I don't want us to make the playoffs because it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. We're, you saw you saw how how badly we had to struggle to win the win the last two games. Like we we were losing to the Jets by ten points and they decided to throw the game away. Like this team getting into playoffs is not going to do anything of significance. We're going to get our doors blown off by like maybe a I don't know Pittsburgh or somebody really good. And I don't want that. I just want us to get a better draft position. I mean I want don't him really wanted the tank. I don't really
1: have a, a dog in this uh, in this fight, but Jay, I remember we were talking offline and uh, on my car ride down to South Carolina, and, and we were finally talking about how uh, the the coaching staff for New England really wasn't using Cam to you know to, to suit his traits. Like they were trying to have him be an on time throwing kind of quarterback, and I think we saw on Sunday what this offense was supposed to be, and uh, and and they were able to establish a power running game.
0: Yeah, listen, I mean, at the end of the day, I think the Patriots played the best offense they possibly needed to play to win this game Let's say, let's not, Brad Burge, if let's say next week they go down to, you know, Houston and they start actually throwing the ball some more and we start seeing some of the pass game, you know, start to develop, then I'd be more excited about the playoffs. But this team right now and how they're winning, like, it's just barely getting by. It's like, all right, well, let's just not turn the ball over. Let's play some decent defense and let's just hope that they'll, you know, end up making some mistakes. And eventually you're going to have to need to throw the ball in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's going to cause us some issues down the road.
2: And, you know, I I'm of the mindset that I want this team to compete every Sunday and I want to have a chance to win every Sunday. I'm not one that wants to, to, you know, lose games for a better draft position or, or what have you. I want them to go out there. I want them to compete. And if that means they're going to get blown out in the first week of the playoffs, so be it. It gives me an extra Sunday that I get to watch the Patriots play football. And you know, that's what makes me that, that that's what I want to get up for. And I don't want to, I don't want to get to a point with this team where they're completely out of it. And then you kind of lose interest in watching them. Like I want to be, you know, intense into these games like i was the last two weeks watching them watching them go Chantel took videos of me walking around pacing around my living room for this for this game and i want that feeling to continue as long <laughs> as possible i want the feeling to continue i Brenna, want it to continue i can't you can't you can't argue against that
0: yeah brennan what's your thoughts on the patriots getting to the playoffs and maybe seeing if they can make some noise
1: I mean, it's 2020 in the playoffs. Like, I I feel like all bets could be off at this point. I I think really it's just going to come down to if they're able to keep establishing the the power running game and and use Cam – to, to, you know, what best suits his game. He's not going to be one of those guys that's going to have to throw on time uh, in precision routes. I, I think they're just going to have to the pound the rock and run the ball 30 times. And, you know, we, we saw Damon Harris really take over the uh, the running back one job, and I don't think he's ever going to give that back to anybody. Um, odds in the playoffs, maybe they squeak by the first round, but I don't really see them going any further than that. Okay.
0: I agree with you. Uh, Burge, what's your thoughts on this upcoming game? Give us a quick preview of who you think is gonna win the uh, the Patriots and uh, Houston Texans game.
2: Well, I think the uh, I think the Patriots are favored. I think two and a half points right now. Yeah, um, that's what I saw
0: too.
2: Yeah, so going into the game, you know, it's gonna come down to you know, in my opinion, it's gonna come down to what the defense does and you know whether they can build off what they did uh, against Baltimore this past week because obviously you're facing another mobile quarterback in Deshaun Watson. Um, I you know if Gilmore Gilmore may play, I mean, I'd like to see him get back on the field. I know, I know he's been he's been dinged up, and I know there's some opinions whether or not you know he's actually dinged up or not. But he's probably not. <laughs> I, <laughs> but you know, if you get him back on the field, I mean, even without him, I I, I have confidence in the secondary to, to to you know be able to you know make do with you know with what they have. I mean, they're facing some good some good targets in Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller this week. Uh, I'm not really too concerned about running backs in Houston with you know David and Duke Johnson down there. I think that they'll be able to handle that. You know, as this team continues to get healthy too, you know, I I, I like what the defense can can turn into, and the offense if they can can stick to their identity, that which they seem to have found on Sunday night. You know, I I, I can't pick against the Patriots against a two and seven team, so I'm going to pick the Patriots to win the game. Outright. So, uh,
0: just a quick little preview of next uh, next week's game for me as well. I'm not sure where I'm going to lean just yet. I think I need to see a couple more things this week uh, week uh, play out. But I think I'll give you guys a text at the end of the week and let you know what I'm thinking. But... I truly believe the Patriots might lose this game. Like, I have some serious concerns about this game, seeing how how badly Joe Flacco was able to move the ball against us. And and even as bad as Lamar Jackson played on Sunday night, he still had a hell of a game uh, throwing the football, uh, football-wise. football I mean, they lost that game not because of Lamar Jackson. I truly believe that the coaching staff of the Ravens kind of outsmarted themselves, right? Um, they kind of went away with some of the stuff that was bread and butter. Um, he ended up throwing for, like, what, 249 yards, two touchdowns, uh 24 of 34, high completion percentage. And he looked really well. I mean, the one interception he threw, I, I think he just kind of had one of those moments where he's like, fuck it, I'm just going to heave it downfield to Hollywood Brown, shut his ass up, he's in my ear all fucking week long, and see what happens. But I think for the most part, Lamar Jackson looked pretty good throwing the ball. Yeah, I think I,
1: you really know, I kind like- of derailed derailed the, the, the Ravens real quick was, I mean, the, the game started going off the rails when they called that wildcat formation mm-hmm. out of shotgun on yeah. short yardage and Mark Ingram just couldn't handle Dumb. the snap and, and, and the Dumb wheels fell call. off the bus. Like, all you have to do is have Lamar fall forward. He was able to get three yards easily every time he he ran forward for the sticks. Um, That that was kind of where the coaching staff outsmarted themselves and the wheels fell off the bus. But, I mean, real quick, I mean, on paper, I, I like Houston. I like their offensive weapons. But uh, their, their defense is just so brutal, and they're so bad against the run. And if Damian, uh, Damian Harris is able to replicate that kind of running that he did on Sunday against Baltimore against this sieve of a defense that's anchored by uh, you know, a J.J. Watt that isn't the J.J. Watt of old, I, I think New England could sweep by with the winning. But sweep by, I think, is kind of a loose term. I think they could have themselves a day on the ground, and I think Cam Newton would be able to get a couple –
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, that makes sense. Uh, I I think the the path to the playoffs for the Patriots is very simple. You know, you essentially need to beat the teams you got that you're better than, right? Obviously, you got beat Houston. Um, you've got uh, I think you. I think they can beat the Arizona Cardinals. I think they'll yep. probably end up losing to the Los Angeles Rams, and then I think they're probably gonna lose one of those games, either the Dolphins game or the Bills game. Um, and I think you're gonna be looking at somewhere in the nine and seven, eight and eight. Um, kind of uh, kind of mold. So, so we'll see what happens. Um, there's a long, a long season still to go. do uh, you want to get in any last comments on the Patriots before we move off?
2: Last thing I'm gonna say in going into this Texans game this week um, is gonna be whether or not the Patriots coaching staff gets in their way uh, with with the running backs. I mean, every time Damien Harris has been counted on to to carry the rock 15, 20 times in a game, he's made the most of every carry that he's had, and if they decide to go away from that, whether or not Sony Michelle gets healthy, or if they decide to continue to run, uh, you know, either stick James White again back there to run the ball, or Rex Burkhead, who has been effective when he's in there, but he's not been as effective as Damian Harris, I think that they could get in their way there if they decide not to give Damian Harris a rock. Like, they just need they just need to do it. And there were some times, you know, you know, you know, I think in the Jets game when they had Cam Newton run the ball, when it's like. Give it to actually, it wasn't the Jets game, it was the Bills game when he fumbled the ball. Why are you not just giving it to Damian Harris? The guy has been running over everybody all day, give it to him. And I could see the coaching staff getting in the way with that. And that's the only thing that I could think that could be their downfall against the Texans on Sunday.
0: Well, I I think the I think you might see it as getting in the way. I I think I see it as they're going to need to try to develop something on offense besides the run game, besides Damian Harris. Um, they're going to try in, in this uh, Houston Texans game to see if maybe they can get Cam into some sort of groove uh, or maybe see if some sort of screens work. I think they're going to try to develop it, which obviously in our eyes looks like they're going away from the running game. But I think it's a necessary evil that needs to happen for them to be set up for a potential playoff run if they get down there.
2: No, I agree with you there. And, you know, all I want to say is if, if they're going to be hit, dropping back and given a standard handoff, mm-hmm. whether it's an outside zone or, you know, a dive up the middle. Give it to Harris. If they're going to work the screens in, they're going to work. You know, you know, uh, you know the the RPOs in. That's fine. But if they're going to line up a standard handoff, I want Damian Harris back there to take it. That's all. Yeah.
0: All right, Puma, you ready to discuss some MVP um, candidates?
1: Oh yes, let's roll. All
0: right. Well, who do you uh, who do you think right now is the the front runner for the
1: MVP? Uh, I think you could make a, a really good case for Kyler Murray to be at worst second place in the, uh, the MVP clubhouse right now. I mean, throughout the majority of the season, the, all the talk was really uh, between uh, Patrick Mahomes and, uh, and, and Russell Wilson. And, you know, looking over the last couple of weeks, Russell Wilson has really fallen off, and his stock has taken a huge dive. I mean, looking through the weeks one through five, he only had three turnovers, all of them were interceptions, 19 touchdowns, Uh, All of them were through the air. He didn't have any on the ground. 73% completion percentage, 123 passer rating, and a QBR of almost 82. But since the Arizona Cardinals game, where the turnovers just started to pile up, he has ten total turnovers, seven of them were interceptions, nine touchdowns, one rushing, uh, one of them was on the ground, sixty-six completion percentage, ninety-one passer rating, but that was kind of boosted by uh, an anomaly one twenty-eight rating against the 49ers. But QBR is forty-seven point two. I mean, everybody going into this year was the you know on the bandwagon of let Russ cook. Like we gotta let Russ cook. Well, we're now seeing what happens when Russell Wilson is pressing because his defense is just atrocious, and he needs to have A-plus games every time. And he hasn't had that the last couple of weeks, whereas if you look at Kyler Murray, his stock has been on the rise. He's been kind of building on each performance every week, and we saw a memorable play called the – you know everyone's calling it the Hale Murray (laughs) against uh, the Buffalo Bills with DeAndre Hopkins in the end zone. But, I mean – Prior to week seven, he's had 10 total touchdowns. Six of them were on the ground, 65 completion percentage, 92 uh, uh, passer rating, uh, 70.6 QBR. But he's been doing a lot of damage on the ground, 370 rushing yards uh, weeks one through seven, averaging about 75 uh, rushing yards per game. But since that uh, Seahawks game, he's only had three turnovers, seven seven touchdowns uh, passing, four on the ground, 73% completion percentage, 115 passer rating, 72 QBR. His team is in the playoff hunt. They've been the playoff darlings in the offseason, and he's really staking the claim as to making a, a run in the MVP. And I think if they are able, them being the Arizona Cardinals, are able to handle their business this Thursday and march to a division title in the NFC West, which is, we can all agree, I think the hardest division in football, I think you're going to have a hard time not, you know, putting him as the the front runner for the MVP category at this point.
0: Yes, and no, I agree with you, man. I, I think uh, if I um, if I had to if I had to pick right now who the MVP would be, I think I'm going to lean towards Patrick Mahomes. Um, the guy obviously didn't play last week, so we didn't have his latest stats to go off. But I do believe he's been playing out of his mind. He's accounted for like 20 some touchdowns and like one interception. But I think a close second, it's probably going to be Kyler Murray right now, man. I, I think what he's doing, man, like, it's just absolutely phenomenal, man. I mean, even coming to the league, nobody thought he's going to be able to have this kind of success. So it's kind of nice to see him kind of proving people wrong. And I do think this upcoming uh, Thursday, you know, that game between the Arizona Cardinals and Seattle Seahawks might go a long way for his case. He'll have a national audience. Um, you know, he'll be able to make his case. So uh, I think there's a lot of good things happening for, for Kyler Murray. But I think third on that list is going to be Tom Brady, right? Um, I know you guys probably are rolling your eyes right now, but my boy Brady came out slinging against the Panthers the other night. Had like five touchdowns, um, and I think for the year he has twenty six touchdowns. He's accounted for and seven interceptions with that one really bad game. We have three and ninety nine overall rating. So, uh, listen, it's a, it's a close race right now, man. Uh, I'll still give Patrick Mahomes the uh, the edge right now, but but Kyler is definitely coming as well.
2: No, I'm I'm with you guys both on uh, about Kyler Murray. You know, I mean, can we just can we just talk about how awesome that play was? Against uh, against Buffalo, I mean, I hate the Buffalo Bills, and I was so crushed when <laughs> Stephon Diggs caught that touchdown, and then just watching that Murray throw and catch by D Hop, oh my God! I jumped up and down, screaming in my house, woke my kid up. I went <laughs> nuts. No, but but seriously though, I mean, would the Arizona Cardinals be where they are without Kyler Murray? Uh, you know, behind center there, I don't they I don't think they were. They have some talent at wide receiver, but. Okay. I, I, you know, he he's just shown me a lot this year, and you know, I I agree with your assessment. He's probably second in the race right now. You you can't discount Patrick Mahomes. I mean, guy, the guy's a baller. You know, he's easily probably the best quarterback in the league. Um, you know, if you're gonna pick your team to start with somebody that right now you're picking him, that's no doubt in anybody's mind. But let's not let's not sleep on Aaron Rodgers here either. I was gonna uh, say like
1: I, I I would have Rodgers third, and I then would Brady. Too.
2: I would too, and you know I'm not I'm not ready to write off Russell Wilson yet. Um, you know, I mean, obviously he's played bad the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, that pick he threw in the end zone this this past Sunday, you know, when he had a 30 yards of open field in front of him, you know, maybe the Russ of old with a you know a decent defense takes off with that, and doesn't try to get the home run. but you know, I'm not ready to write him off. and you know I, I, he, Mahome's probably the front runner right now. Murray, Murray Rogers are in the you know the second tier murray rogers wilson second tier and i put brady behind all all four of them
0: you know what, uh, call the, me a hater yeah well listen obviously you're the biggest British i mean i don't think it's there, hating but... i think
1: really i, I think it's going to come down to memorable moments right and and you have i mean mahomes is he's on a loaded roster and that's that's no shade against pat you know patrick i don't want his mom in my mentions you know busting rank <laughs> on his name but i mean Patrick's with Andy Reid. They're defending Super Bowl champions. I mean, he's really going to have to do something above and beyond what he's done the last two years mm-hmm. in order to, to, to plant that flag as getting the MVP this season. Like, that's why I think Lamar Jackson was able to win last year, was he had the more eye-popping plays and the more dazzle and the more this, that, and the other thing. Whereas right now, I mean, if you were to look at the season as a whole up until – November 17th at 715 in the evening. What's the one memorable play that stands out in the season right now? Obviously, I, I, I is, think yeah. you're going to have a hard time talking to anybody out of the DeAndre Hopkins, Hale Murray play right now. And I think that's going to resonate with voters into the flip side with Brady. Like it's not hate when it's a fact. He laid an egg against the saints in a huge division game and you know, if he's able to go out on Monday night and handle his business against the Rams and kind of twist that narrative of, hey, this team's rounding the corner, you know, me and Mike Evans, we're finally getting on the same page right now, and we're going to, you know, continue the march towards an NFC South title without, you know, Drew Brees at the helm, that might help his, his you know, claim with the, the, the MVP voters. But right now, I mean, the memorable play-wise, Murray's ahead.
0: Listen, all I could think about was Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson watching the D-Hop catch, right? And probably just standing for hours looking out into a gray, <laughs> like rainy soaked day. Like I just I, I just I just saw that image in my mind once he saw the D hop catch. And but I think we got to the Cardinals man and, and Kylo Murray. Listen, I, I am just so like I don't know Happy for the Cardinals and Steve Kim or Steve Kime? What's his name? Jim. Steve. Keim? Yeah. Steve Kim. And I know it's hard to move off of a top, you know, five, ten draft pick as a quarterback in Josh Rosen, right? Because essentially you're admitting uh, defeat or failure. And I know a lot of times, you know, people in the NFL, especially GMs, will try to force a player. In there for five years to prove themselves right. I mean, and I think it's just great to see the Cardinals moving on and Colin Murray seeing his potential, and I'm glad that it's working out for those guys. No,
2: I'm, I, I agree with you. And just go, going back to the whole MVP discussion, I think it becomes more of a popularity contest for the quarterback position now. Obviously, every year it's a quarterback that wins it. And I think that might have something to do with the marketing uh, for the NFL to try to market their players. But, you know, I, I try to objectively look at it to, to say, who does more to help their team uh, succeed it, you know, without that player, would this team be as good as they are, you know? And obviously you have Patrick Mahomes with that loaded roster there and you have Kyler Murray in Arizona, who again, has pretty good weapons. You know, I mean, the only big name he has there is, is Deandre Hopkins. I mean, you can make a case for, you know, a 36 year old Larry Fitzgerald and, you know, a Kenyon Drake, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, what it comes down to is I want to, I want, I want the MVP award to be focused on a player that really is above and beyond for their team to where their team would be in the basement if they did not have this player. You get what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. I mean, if that's the case, then I I think you're going to have to beat off um, Dalvin cook and Alvin at that point, uh, which I think, you know, objectively they should, be in the in the top five of MVP voting especially Kamara because he hit offensive wise like he put the Saints on his back because he was the check down Charlie and he filled the Michael Thomas void when Michael Thomas was hurt slash not playing nice with his friends in practice um, Absolutely. And, and you know Dalvin Cook really kind of put that team on his back when when they when they start off one in five and then they clawed back and they won a really awesome slugfest last night on Monday Night Football mm-hmm. uh, to keep keep themselves alive in the playoff hunt. But, you know, like you said, Burge, it's really just going to come down to it's a popularity contest uh, at its finest. And, you know, unless there's some eye-numbingly, you know, stat that these running backs are going to be doing, I, I think it's really just penciling a quarterback here. It's just
2: what name are you going to write down on the voting tab Adrian Peterson the last non quarterback to win it I think so yeah I think he is I, think so, I, yeah. I, I can't think of any other non quarterbacks that have won it in recent memory anyways yeah
0: okay cool uh, let's move on to some Los Angeles Rams discussion and I was watching the Rams game against the Seahawks, uh, and I think I came to a realization that the Rams are legit Super Bowl contenders. Uh, just a quick re-pa- recap for you guys. The Los Angeles Rams beat the Seattle Seahawks uh, 23-16 on Sunday. Had a fairly decent showing, forced three turnovers. Uh, that was really the uh, the key to the game, two interceptions and one fumble. And, and I think when I was watching that game, I, I think... It's it's uh, the the Rams have kind of went through this change into who they are over the last two years or so. The Rams used to be very you know Sean McVay offense kind of like. A dominant um, offense was their bread and butter, but now it's more the defense that's really coming alive for that team. They've kind of overhauled it over the last two years, uh, and they have that you know that classic can get pressure with just a front four and cover well in the back. That kind of you know it lends so much success to their uh, to their uh, to their, uh, to, their uh, to their team right now. In eight of the last nine games, you know all they've given up is a field goal or less in the second half. So it really speaks to how well they're playing on defense. I think the only games going forward that they're gonna have a hurdle with is probably going to be the Buccaneers game and the Cardinals game. I think they're going to be able to beat uh, the Seahawks uh, again. Um, But I think the one thing that really is going to be a thorn on their side going forward as well, if they are going to make a real legit Super Bowl Bowl run, is the Andrew Whitworth injury that happened um, on Sunday. Apparently he tore his MCL, damaged his PCL. Um, There's not really a surgery for that injury. It's just more of a rehab timeline. Uh, there's a small chance he plays again this year, and they'll definitely need him. Um, but I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of the out of the Rams, man. I think they're going to end up winning the NFC West, which is the hardest division, and I think they're going to be somebody you're really going to have to keep an eye out um, when playoffs come around.
2: Yeah, I mean, I you know coming from my standpoint here, I, I they they've been kind of inconsistent this year, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in terms of you know winning you know winning games and and, and you know. Uh, showing up and losing games they probably should have won Um, you know I'm not ready to write off the two Cardinals games as wins for these for these Rams I I I do think they are a legit threat to that division and that these games could go either way Um, obviously I think they're going to beat my Patriots you know in a couple of weeks here on Thursday night Um, but anyways um, is that Thursday night game I think I think it is I think uh, it's it's either that's a Thursday night game or the Chargers is I can't I can't recall Mm. Um, but um, that division is by far the best division in the NFL this year. I mean, you got th- three teams that are, that are six and three, and then you got the 49ers who are a good or re- a really good team that have j- has just been decimated by injuries this year. So, uh, you know, they are a, a legit, a legit contender. And I think they are going to make the playoffs and they are going to, you know, make some noise in the playoffs. I'm just not ready to anoint them yet as like a, as a, as a Super Bowl contender out of the NFC.
1: I mean, I'll say this much, the defense of Super Bowl contenders, I mean, it really comes down to, like Burch just said, the consistency factor and, you know, what kind of Jared Goff are you going to get? Like, when Jared Goff is hitting on all cylinders and they're living off a of play action with the three-headed running backs that they have, and then... Uh, You have, you know, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and Josh Reynolds kind of emerging in that offense. It's great. But when you see what the, you know, what Brian Flores did for the Miami Dolphins on the defensive side of the football, basically recreating the Super Bowl defense that the Rams ran into two years ago. You know, he, he looks, he does not look great. He, he looks average at best and the Whitworth injury, we're going to get into a little bit more in the game preview. I think that's going to have massive ramifications, not only for Jared Goff, but just for this running game. Um, And they're in the hardest division. I'm, I like the defense. I'm not ready to anoint them overall as a Super Bowl contender just yet.
0: Well, I think I think that's the way that they're going to win is going to be playing playing good defense and running the hell out of the ball. I think that, you know, with Todd Gurley being gone and having Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson, they're doing a good job of just kind of mixing up the carries and getting fresh legs in there. And, and the way this team is going to win is going to be essentially – play really good defense, run the hell out of the ball, and hopefully Jared Goff here and there can make some big-time throws uh, to get you into position to score or maybe even score. And I, and I think Jared Goff does have that. I mean, the guy you know, at one point did leave a, lead a very hot um, offense to the Super Bowl, and obviously they lost against the Patriots. But I do think deep down in Jared Goff, there is that ability to come up with those few plays here and there.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, you know, it's it's hit or miss with him. He can find it. Great. That'll be huge for that Rams team going forward. And you know, I I, I kind of have faith in Sean McVay to kind of figure it out if if things don't don't go his way. You know, Goff isn't is you know isn't playing you know top tier like he like McVay knows he can. Um, I you know I have faith that that McVay can kind of scheme his way through a game to, to you know win enough to get you know to to, to to have that potential to get that deep into the playoffs. Uh, I'm not ready to write write them off but I'm not ready to anoint them at the same time. That's, that's kind of where I stand.
0: Okay. All right. Um, well, we're going to talk about the Rams later on in the show uh, as they take on the Buccaneers and Monday Night Football. But let's, let's move on to some uh, game previews. Um, we have quite a bit of amazing games to talk about this week. The first one being the 6-3 Arizona Cardinals versus the 6-3 Seattle Seahawks, which could be a pivotal game in the NFC West. Puma, who do you like in this game?
1: Uh, so we're going to hit the cha real quick. Oh, this is going cool. to be my take it to the bank bet. I was kind of on the fence with a couple other teams, but Arizona Cardinals plus three and a half points. Give me the three and a half as a, a take it to the bank leg on the parlay. But, I mean, real quick, I'm not going to beat a dead horse with Kyler Murray. He's playing phenomenal right now. Uh, no shade against the rushing ability for Lamar Jackson. But I uh, test-wise – Kyler Murray looks like he has the quickest feet of any rushing quarterback in the NFL right now. And I think he's going to be able to keep plays alive against a stout rushing defense for the Seattle Seahawks. That's the one aspect of the defensive side of the football that the Seahawks team is good at, is stopping the run. He's gonna to have to do a little bit more through the air, but I think you're gonna get a little bit more involvement from uh, Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella because this Seahawks defense is absolutely brutal. They're 32nd overall in total defense right now, and and they can't stop a runny nose. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals defense, they're gonna to have to really figure out a way To limit Tyler Lockett or, you know, at least bend but don't break because their previous matchup a couple of weeks ago, they really contained DK Metcalf. Patrick Peterson was on him the whole game, limited DK to two receptions for 23 yards. But we all know, especially in the fantasy football aspect of things, that Tyler Lockett went nuclear, 15 receptions, 200 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Kirk Patrick was on him most of the game. They're going to have to figure out a way to take the security blanket away from Russell Wilson in that aspect of things. And the, the Seahawks side, I mean, Russ is Russ, but he's been pressing lately. He hasn't looked that great. They're not going to – more than likely, they're not going to be uh, having a – Sorry, they're not going to have Chris Carson's services. I think he's going to miss this week with a foot injury. They might be able to get Carlos Hyde back. And Alex Collins, you know, dancing Alex Collins from his Baltimore Ravens days, uh, he looked pretty serviceable in the backfield. But it's really this defensive side of the football that's got me worried. Uh, the oh, the total, the over-under is 58. Uh, give me the over in this game. I don't really like either secondary, but I have Arizona winning outright.
0: What kind of score are you looking at? You you thinking maybe uh, like a high sc- I mean,
1: high scoring. I mean, if you look at the last matchup, they combined, especially including overtime, yeah, like 70 30, points. Right? Yeah. 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 So uh, I think that I know 58 is a high number, uh, mm-hmm. but I like the over in this game. I think it's going to be 30, 30 something each side.
0: All right. Uh, Birch, we got to win this game?
2: I like Arizona to keep it going, building off that momentum of that last second win against Buffalo this past week. Uh, Seattle is clearly reeling, um, you know, licking their wounds after the last two weeks. Um, the offense hasn't looked the same. The defense has looked exactly the same. Atrocious. Um,
0: <laughs> let, know, Russ
2: let, Ru- <laughs> let Russ cook. Let Russ cook. You know,
0: Russ I, I'm not cooked. as
2: down on... What? Russ what? Is cooked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I... I'm not as down on the Arizona secondary as as you came off there a little bit, Puma. I, you know, I love me some Buda Baker, and I love me some Patrick Peterson back there. Don't sleep on Byron Murphy, you know, the corner there as well. Um, I, I I love this Arizona team, and, you know, I know I've kind of flip-flopped a little bit between them and Tennessee this year in terms of who I'm going to root for if my Patriots get knocked out. Um, you know, Sunday night, Arizona kind of won me over with how gutsy they were to – to kind of to kind of close that out with the exception of the play calling on you know one of their last drives before all that happened with them coming out throwing the ball with four minutes left so i like arizona here and again with you I'm um, i would smash that over i think you know you're looking at a real high scoring game here i wouldn't be surprised if it got to be 42 to 31 uh arizona pulling it off i i don't give me. Don't let me put any faith in that Seattle defense to stop anything at this point.
1: Yeah. Did you see the highlight of um, Jamal Adams making a business decision mm-hmm. on the, in the red zone? Mm-hmm. Like he completely, he completely he yeah. completely whiffed on a tackle. Pete Carroll had to get into his face, which is saying something because Pete Carroll doesn't get into anybody's faces. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, just the secondary's cooked. Secondary being for the Seahawks. It, nah, I put a fork in them.
0: Well, I think, uh, Puma, I'll agree with your original assessment that right now Kyler Murray has the quickest feet in the NFL. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, And I think the only differentiating thing between him and Lamar Jackson is I think Lamar Jackson has better top-end speed. Because once Lamar Jack, Lamar Jackson gets going, it's it lights out. Nobody's catching him on the field, unless maybe a DK Metcalf. But still, like I mean, once Lamar start get starts going, it, it's a wrap, right? But but I think you're right in the fact that Kyler Moore is probably quicker and shiftier, um, like in those tight quarters. But uh, listen, I'm with you guys, man. Listen, the Cardinals seem to be the real deal. The only bad loss they really had was against the Lions. Looking back on it, um, they had they've had three losses. The other two being against the Panthers, which I think are a sneaky good team. Uh, the Panthers had the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs on the ropes. Of few weeks ago and the Dolphins uh, is a team that lost to as well I think the Dolphins are a good team Um, but as much as I say Seattle is in trouble and we've all kind of talked about this I I just can't see Seattle being swept by Arizona man like I think this is when great players like Russell Wilson kind of really rise to the occasion and we all get it that Seattle is a one-trick pony as essentially Russell Wilson or bust Um, but I do think this is the the night that Russell Wilson is going to rise to the occasion I think I'm gonna go with Seattle 28-24 um, I think
2: I think a lot has to happen with you know you know is Chris Carson going to be healthy for mm-hmm. for them in this game you know I mean T.J. Dallas has looked a little decent you know playing for them but he's not Chris Carson back there for for the Seahawks you know they need that kind of that element to their offense to, to to really succeed so I mean you know if he's healthy out there you know you're looking at a little bit of a closer closer matchup in my opinion
0: yes sir um, all right let's move on to the 6 and 3 Tennessee Titans versus the 6 and 3 Baltimore Ravens. Um, Puma, who do you all win this game?
1: God, uh, you <laughs> I know, right? like, I know, right? Seriously, I, I, gu- Gun to Head, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 just offensive weapons wise, I like the Tennessee Titans. They go Tennessee goes into this game as six and a half point dogs uh, in a over under of forty nine. Uh, but like on the Tennessee side, they, they coming off a huge loss to the the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, for a division matchup. Ryan Tannehill looked pedestrian, 19-27, 147 yards, one touchdown. Derrick Henry, air quote, quietly, had a 100-yard game on 19 rushes but didn't find the end zone. But I think this is going to be the kind of spot where they can possibly get right. I mean, the defense, it shows that the defensive side of the football for Baltimore, I should say, it shows that they really miss Calais Campbell to stop the run. I think if Calais Campbell was starting on Sunday versus New England Patriots, it might have been a different game on the ground game for the Patriots' side of the football. But Calais Campbell, he's a great run-stuffer, and he wasn't there. He might miss this game again with a calf strain. We'll have to monitor the practice reports. But I think if Calais misses, they'll be able to build off the play action. They'll be able to get into a groove where Ryan Tannehill succeeds. And I think you'll have... Derrick Henry rumbling for another 100-yard game and maybe sniff the end zone one time and not get vultured by W. Smith. But to yeah. that extent, I know, right? Which I'm not complaining because I'm a W. Smith manager. But to that extent, I think you'll be able to get Ryan Tannehill into a groove and get A.J. Brown into space and let him do his thing. I mean, the Baltimore side, I think going into Sunday night against New England – their aerial attack was average at best. And I'm using average at best in a very loose term because they really haven't had success through the air. Um, And then they're going into this game uh, against Tennessee without their, their best blocking tight end and Nick Boyle. uh, We all heard on the microphones around the field that that his knee went crunch when it got hit, when he tapped, when he caught the football, he's going to be out there. They only have dude. the replays worse. Like, Oh my God. Um, but, you know, Nick Boyle's out. They only really have one healthy tight end in Mark Andrews. And a lot of this offense is based on the tight end. So, I mean, this might be the spot where it, where um, Hollywood Brown gets some run because the secondary for Tennessee is atrocious. Like, they, oh, my God, they're, they're terrible. They, are, they might be a step higher, uh, off you know, on the defensive metric list of the Seattle Seahawks. But, I mean, to the eye test, they are just bad. Uh, but I think this might be the squeaky wheel game for for Hollywood Brown. But with all that being said, I still like Tennessee uh, winning this game. Um, I'm definitely going to bet them at six and a half points. Uh, so give me the Titans in this
2: matchup. I'm going got... to hit the t- I'm going to hit the ching ching on this game right here. Oh! Take it to the bank, baby. Oh!
1: Can I just say, Burge, real quick, when you say take it to the bank, you sound like the PFR podcast version of Dick Vitale. I love it. It's great, <laughs> and that's it no to shame. Take the I... bank! Yes, yes, <laughs> that's what I'm here for, Burge. Tell us why it's a take it to the bank bet.
2: <laughs> Look, I'm taking the Titans here in the money line, I, and, you know, I like them to write their ship this week. The Ravens are reeling on defense. They have... Like you outlined, Puma, multiple injuries. They lost another defensive tackle and another cornerback Sunday night against the Patriots. Um, you know, and let's be honest, Derrick Henry is far better than Damian Harris. And I just like that that Tennessee offense is going to get back to what they do. You know, Derrick Henry's going to run the rock. He's not going to get poached this week, I hope, from my fantasy team's per, uh, standpoint. <laughs> Sorry, Burge. Uh, I know, <laughs> but... You know, and I think that that running attack is going to open up. Tannehill's a better thrower than Cam Newton was. And, I, you know, A.J. Brown's better than any any target on the Patriots offense. You know, I I just like them to, to, to get back on track on offense. And, you know, let's let's face it. Lamar Jackson has regressed this year in terms of that offense and, and everything that he does. You know, he's good for that turnover game. Um no weapons really, really, truly scare me on that on that offensive side of the ball outside of the, the the running attack. And if you know Tennessee's defense shuts that down, then they have nothing. And obviously, losing Nick Boyle is a big is a big piece. Um, you know, give give me the Titans here to right the ship. You know, they were my Super Bowl pick uh, out of the AFC at the beginning of the season. You know, I you know, I love I love what they're doing down there. You know, with Vrabel, uh, you know, former Patriots guy. You know, and I love. Derrick Henry, give me some Derrick Henry. Please pound the rock. Two touchdowns would be nice. I'd love that. And, you know, just just give me the uh give me the Titans here money line. 100%. Ravens are f- are frauds in my eyes. Okay. All
0: right. <laughs> um so, listen, I really don't know what to make of this Tancy Titans team, man. Like, they've been so up, so down. Like, I just don't know what you're going to get anymore. I thought for sure they were going to blow the doors off of in, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, but obviously that didn't happen. And and one of the main reasons that didn't happen was because they had a bunch of miscues on special teams, which is absolutely killer for them. Oh, my
1: God. <laughs>
0: and, and, oh, my God, And yes. looking at it objectively, like, I think at this point, any more misses, field goals, or extra points – aren't available just as much as they are on Gustavsky. Like, this patriarchy loyalty thing he's got going on, which is great and fine for Gustavsky, but he's going to end up costing you a really big game down the road, and it's going to happen, right? Um, now, I think on the other side, the Ravens, we talked about it in the A block. Listen, I think we know who the Ravens are now, man. They're good to sometimes great team. They'll show up and look like all-world beaters, but for the most part, they're kind of middle of the pack. Uh, I think the stat that's the most troubling is, including playoffs, you know, they are 0-6 whenever they're tra- trailing by 10 points so if the Tennessee Titans get up big on them like you know 10 points or 14 points in the first quarter or in the first half it's basically a wrap right but i think this is a crucial game for both teams because they're both six and three deadlock and there's like six other teams that deadlock at six and three as well so this is kind of be a critical game for the playoff seeding, especially for baltimore because baltimore is looking up at a what Seven and zero, what nine and zero? Steelers team now, so they're like Mm -hmm. what three games behind? The Browns 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 are six and three as well. So I mean, this is a critical game for the Ravens, and, and I think because of that, and just my, you know, if I and you're right, Puma, this is like barely like you know. I had to like flip a coin for this, but when I really thought about it, I do like Lamar Jackson barely more than Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I think Ryan Tannehill is, you know, is I think he's even worse than Lamar Jackson, truthfully. So give me, Oof. give me Lamar Jackson and the Ravens 32 20. Wow.
1: Real quick, not, not to get bogged down in the Ravens, but like, do you guys think, like, quick hit on this one is a lot of the issue for the Ravens? Do you guys think it's the offensive, like Greg Roman, like, Kind of going out there trying to prove that Russell Wilson—not Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson—is more than just a running quarterback. Like, do you guys think that's part of the problem, or or is Lamar really taking that step back this season compared to the year prior?
0: I think I think it's your your first statement because Lamar at some points this season has thrown the ball well. For God's sake, he threw the ball really well against the rain and the defense on Sunday night. Um, I thought for the most part he had a great game thrown, but I do think the Patri- the, the Ravens coaching staff is, is getting in the way here, right? Uh, I think they kind of kind of went away from the run a little too early, and then they kind of went back to it on Sunday night. I, I think there might be someone who said that you know the Ravens uh, coaching staff is getting in the way. What do you think, I Birch? Think a,
1: coaching staff think, problem, or
2: I think it's a little bit of both. Like, like, like you guys both said here. Um, you know, they're obviously trying to throw the ball with him. I think he's a little bit limited in terms of throwing the ball. Yes, he's made some good passes, but you know, let's be honest, he's a running quarterback first and foremost, and that's how they won last year was running the ball with him. Um, at the same time, with 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 in terms of the coaching staff with this team, you look at the fourth down play that they ran out against the Patriots in the rain Sunday night, you mm-hmm. put Mark Ingram back there t- to take a snap. Like you got, you're not putting your team in position to succeed. And I think that's, I think that's a big deal.
0: Hmm. Huh? Yeah. Uh, okay, let's move on to the 7-2 Green Bay Packers versus the 6-3 Indianapolis Colts. And before that, you go, Puma, I think I can say this for all of America when the Green Bay Packers were down by kind of like four points or like seven points, whatever it was, late in the fourth quarter. We were all thinking about that guy that put $90,000 on the Green Bay Packers <laughs> to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: <laughs> yep. They, I mean, they, they, they were cardiac kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I mean, this was... One of the you know play down to the competition games of the year. Uh, I think the the um, the the Dallas Cowboys Steelers game was is still ahead in the clubhouse of of why uh, you don't play down to the competition. Uh, but no, Green Bay they they barely got out of Lambeau alive in in that game versus Jacksonville. J- Jake Luton. He looked decent at times. Yeah. Like he looked okay mm-hmm. in that offense. Uh, James Robinson, uh, one of the the darlings in both fantasy and real life football this year, undrafted, uh, undrafted rookie, uh, and, and really took the reins in this running back core. Rushed for hundred yards. Um, with all that being said, I like Indianapolis in this game. Indy is going mm-hmm. into this matchup right now as two and a half point favorites. The over under is fifty one. Um, with with all that being said, Indianapolis on the defensive side of the football, they are a top top five unit in the NFL. I think they're second overall in total defense, uh, second uh, to, uh, second in rush defense, and I think fifth in the passing defense kind of uh, metrics as of right now. Uh, the defense is stout. Naheem Hines. I think the Indianapolis Colts really found uh, their lead running back uh, in that matchup versus the Tennessee Titans. Uh, On Thursday night, he absolutely smashed uh, for 12 rushes for 70 yards and a touchdown, five receptions, 45 yards, and one touchdown through the air. Uh, And Green Bay is just absolutely horrid against the rush. Uh, Like I said, they gave up 100 yards in Jacksonville. But you can rewind the tape through the previous weeks, and they've just been bad against the run, and they were bad against the run last year too. The only thing, and we've said it every time we've previewed, a Indianapolis Colts game is can Phillip Rivers limit the dying quail throws mm-hmm. into the secondary yep. if he's able to limit that and maybe we saw the breakout game from Michael Pittman get Pittman in space short routes maybe T.Y. Hilton will actually find a semblance of himself in this game too. Uh, keep everything short don't put a whole lot on Philip Rivers to throw the ball down the field I think they can kind of dink and duck their dunk their way to the end zone against the Green Bay Packers give me Indianapolis in this matchup uh against Green Bay
0: Burge who got in this game uh,
2: I I've been on the uh the bandwagon of Indianapolis as a fraudulent team all year um they continue to disappoint me with that take um you know as they keep winning these games um, but what it comes down to is that Green Bay offense for me. Um, I like Rodgers-Adams connection. They're going to get Alan Lazard back this week to go with Valdez Scantling on that offensive side of the field. Um, and, you know, let's not discount the backfield with with Aaron Jones and uh, Jamal Williams there. Um, again, it, com- it comes down to what you said about Phillip Rivers, too, throwing ducks up there. You know, how many picks is he going to throw? Uh, against Green Bay here, I, I mean against, um, yeah, against Green Bay here. I, I can't pick against Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams and that offense, yeah, uh, against a Philip Rivers-led offense with uh, Michael Pittman and um, T.Y. Hilton there, who's been a shell of himself this year. So give me, give me Green Bay here. Uh, I like him. Uh, I like him thirty-one to twenty-one in this game. Um, just i can't pick against aaron Rodgers. i'm having a hard time doing it yes he's laid some eggs but I, I i can't do it against this indianapolis team i i still i still think tennessee wins that division
1: all right jay you're the deciding factor who, who you got <laughs> did we lose jay Oh, okay. Talk amongst ourselves. So, for those of you that uh, little peel behind the curtain, we're all recording through... Uh, I just
0: got back. Sorry. I to through through, I have through to, Clean Feed. I have and, to uh a dragon.
1: And the uh, the host of the podcast needed to take a potty break, um, and we, we didn't realize, so there was a...
0: <laughs> a good round of dead air It's all right so, we can edit that out listen when you gotta drain the dragon you gotta drain the dragon bro you know, you know what yeah. T- i think i
1: think you actually need to leave this part in because it's like the comic aspect of the podcast okay. right. so, I, so I, I, you're I, the deciding factor we're split down the middle right now who do you got in this game
0: so listen, I think I'm going to lean Indianapolis 31 24. And listen, I, I think the Packers, man, I think the one thing we can say this year about any NFL team is there really is no dominant good NFL team, right? Like I know the the Steelers are nine and zero, but there's a couple of games where they could have lost as well. So just like that, the Green Packers are seven and two. Sure, they got a great record on on paper, but I, I do think they're a little bit on the fraudulent side as well. I think the good thing out of Sunday Sunday's game against the Jaguars was Aaron Rodgers got some more balance on offense. I mean, he it was just wasn't a. Adams train show. It was along the lines of Marquis Vaz, Vazquez. Valdez. Valdez, Valdez. Scand- That's what it is. I just call, I just have notes here MVS, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to say his name, right? <laughs> <laughs> It's Not- a
1: Scrabble game. You didn't know we do Scrabble on the podcast. <laughs> so,
0: but I think, I think I think Indianapolis is going to be my dark horse team out of the AFC that people need to watch out for. Just like I think the Rams are emerging, I think the Colts are going to start emerging here late as well. Uh, they're coming on strong, man. And, and I think watching that Tennessee game, uh, especially the 34-17 beatdown they had, like they're just a far more balanced team than Tennessee is, right? Um mm-hmm. and, and a quick little stat out there I'll throw at you guys. Did you guys know the Colts have won the last twenty of twenty four games versus uh, Tennessee? Like they've absolutely like hosed the Titans. So
1: which I is not uh, know that. I didn't know it was that number. I just remember the Reggie Wayne Pat McAfee troll job at the NFL draft in Nashville two years ago. Find that on YouTube. You're welcome.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they've absolutely just, you know, dominated the Titans then. And I think Naheem Naheem Hines is filling in very nicely for Marlon back. I mean, he ended up with 115 yards and two touchdowns last week. And and if somehow Jonathan Taylor can provide just a little bit more in what has been a really disappointing start to his career, I really like Indianapolis starting uh, to catch some steam here. I think I'm taking Indianapolis because that defense is going to cause all kinds of hell for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Indianapolis 31-24.
2: Can't wait to gloat next week. Let's go. <laughs> uh, here we go. Here we go. Um,
0: all right, let's talk about the 8-1 Kansas City Chiefs against the 6-3 and Las Vegas Raiders. But before we get to that, did you guys hear about that little jab that uh, Andy Reid took at John Gruden about taking his team and circling the stadium after their win uh, last time?
1: Yeah, I did see that while I was doing my notes last (laughs) night, and uh, I was saying to myself, I mean, Andy Reid off the bye is legendary because he is, I I don't think he, if he's lost off the bye, it's like single digits. Mm -hmm. Like, he Mm -hmm. hasn't done much in the losing category, and now you add the nugget of, hey, I'm a pissed off Andy Reid off the bye, like, God, good luck, Chuck, to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, uh, yeah, no, I, I love John Gruden though. Like I would have done mm-hmm. the same thing driving around Arrowhead mm-hmm. though. So I can't, I can't judge too hard.
0: But. <laughs> I just, I just find it funny. It's So John Gruden, you know?
1: Oh, for sure. He's, he's driving around Arrowhead. while he has to write a check to, to, you know, Park <laughs> Avenue for a mask fine. what do he get fined? Like 150 K because he can't just figure out to put a mask over
2: his fucking face on the sideline. Yeah. It's pretty insane.
0: Um, how about you, Birch? You got winning this game?
2: Oh, give me Kansas City in this game. Yeah. Um, th- they're probably the class of the AFC at this point. They're defending Super Bowl champions. They're coming off a bye, uh, you know. And you know the Raiders did beat them the last time they played them, but it's very hard to beat teams in the NFL twice in one season. Mm-hmm. And I, the firepower on that Kansas City offense, I. You know, I'm not a big believer of Andy Reid. I never have been, and yes, he won a Super Bowl last year, but I'll die on that hill. I've never been
1: a big believer
2: in him. You're going
1: to be the lone one on Pickett's Charge over uh, there, (laughs) Burge.
2: What
0: what did you say back up? Did you say you don't buy into Andy Reid yet?
2: I've never liked him as a coach. The guy can't manage a clock to save his life, and I think that is a big aspect of a coach in an NFL game, and he – up until he had Mahomes as his quarterback, was notorious for choking in the playoffs because of bad clock management. And I'll die on that hill, you know. Come at me all you want. I'll die on that <laughs> hill about Andy Reid. I'll die on the hill.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like he, like put it this way: if Belichick didn't have Brady, he would also be in that same situation as well. He'd be losing you, games.
2: You're probably right, but I'm also just as critical of Bill Belichick right now as I am of Andy Reid, and know, obviously you I'm biased. So.
0: What's that? I don't know. You make out with Belcher quite a bit. Wow! Oh,
2: Wow!
1: At Burge the goalie. At Burge the goalie for your Andy Reid defense tweets. At Burge the goalie. So what does it take
0: mean? for you to come around, to Andy Reid? Is it going to be what three more championships? Two more? Five more? Oh okay, wow! <laughs> wow! Quite the high. No, no. Wow. Seriously, though.
2: Like I, I just, I, I can't, I can't get over the, the whole cheeseburger takes that he comes out with after he went I'm going to go get a cheeseburger. What's wrong with that? No. It's
0: better than the stupid takes Aaron Rodgers had about scotch or whiskey or whatever he talks about. Hey,
1: hey, there's nothing wrong with scotch. Nothing whiskey wrong with helps. that.
2: No, 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 no. No, but at the end of the day, give me Kansas City in this game big. You know, the offense, the offense that they have going for them, you know, give it give me them 35 to to 21 in this game. I I i coming off a bye. I just
0: yeah, no, not, I'm not gonna I, pick against him I think you're spot on. I had the same exact score. I mean, I actually, I had it kind of close. at 35-17. Yeah, there's not there's no need to spend more time on this. It's gonna be a blowout. I think Kansas is gonna come out. They're gonna really try to impose their will. I don't think Derek Carr is gonna be able to go, you know, point for point again with uh, with Patrick Mahomes. So yeah, it's, it's gonna be a bloodbath on Sunday night. So let's move on to the. Whoa, whoa, hang on, hang on, hang on, real quick. I got. I, I,
1: I'm with you. I got Kansas City winning. Mm-hmm. I'm not in the. <laughs> Camp, if it's going to be a bloodbath, okay. I actually right. like Vegas to cover the six and a half points, only because we saw that they were able to come out of the gates hot on the road in Arrowhead, going over the top with with Henry Ruggs, and this was the one, you know, one of the a couple of games this season where Derek Carr looked like a person that was, you know, hijacking Derek Carr, and the real Derek Carr was in somebody's trunk in the garage in the parking lot. Uh, but I mean, he came out firing all cylinders, and a big thing to watch is Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher on that Kansas City Chiefs offensive line, they were placed on the COVID-19 list. They think right now that they're just close contacts. They might be able to get off in the next couple of days. But the head uh, doctor for the NFL has come out and said that a lot of those close contact people are now coming back and turning positive. So there is a possibility they may miss this game. And if that's the case, I think Max Crosby, for the Vegas Raiders would be able to have a day against Patrick Mahomes in the uh, in the pocket wreaking havoc. And another thing too, and call it just tinfoil hat-ish. But let's look at the Vegas factor. You're going to have Vegas at home, the Kansas City Chiefs, maybe Travis Kelsey's feeling a little party boy-ish on the strip. You know, wants to spend a night out, comes back, is a little hungover, misses a couple of routes, causes a couple of key, key turnovers. I like Vegas covering the six and a half points this week.
0: Our final People, thought: even allowed to be on the strip right now?
1: Uh, yeah, it's Vegas. Oh, I yeah, think they're great. one of the last bastions.
0: <laughs> they they opened up.
1: Uh, you can go back. I think they opened up bars uh, the week that the the Raiders had their first home game. So like the bars have been open since then. and it's it's kind of you know business as usual down there in the desert. So. Who knows? Maybe a couple of players. Maybe Tyreek Hill wants to blow off a couple of, you know, a little bit of steam, have a couple <laughs> shots, a little table dancing. You know what I'm saying? Sin mm-hmm. City, baby. Sin City in a pandemic. Why not?
0: Wow. Yeah, I guess you're right. It is Las Vegas
1: after
2: all. <laughs> My final thought is, as I want CEH to get in the end zone. That's all I care about. We'll get into oh, that God. a little bit later. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs>
0: All right, final game of the week, the Monday Night Football game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Um, 7-3 for Tampa Bay, 6-3 for the Rams. Uh, Puma, who got to win this game?
1: God. I don't, I don't feel confident in either team. Like, this is another one where I've had to do, like, the deep sigh and, like, compose my thoughts. I'm, I'm going with the Bucks. I don't feel that confident in the Buccaneers in this game after what we saw in primetime a couple of weeks ago against the Saints. And especially because... Ali Marpet on that offensive line, he may miss this game with the concussion again. Uh, so that offensive line is going to be in flux against an Aaron Donald, uh, you know, anchored defensive unit. And you know, Jay, you hit the nail perfectly on the head in the rundown of the eight block that the, you know the, the Rams' defense is elite. Like they they are shutting everything down. They're like the no fly zone. I think Burge, you tagged us in a post with the to leave on like the defensive secondary rankings, and the Rams mm-hmm. are, are number one in the league right now I I think they'll be able to contain you know Mike Evans who hasn't had that solid relationship with Brady yet we saw a couple of times in the end zone where he looked a bit frustrated Brady looked a little bit frustrated at times and the the lack of connection they I believe they finally were able to connect for a touchdown against the, the Carolina Panthers on Sunday but it hasn't been an easy going for these two guys through 10 weeks of the NFL season right now. Um, like I said, I just I don't really feel that confident in Jared Goff as a quarterback right now, especially with Andrew Whitworth being out on the offensive line. I just think that that's going to be a, a big blow and, and keep the game close. You know, maybe Jason Pierre-Paul is able to wreak havoc in the backfield uh for the the tampa bay buccaneers i like the buccaneers in this game they're three and a half point favorites the over under is 47 and a half points i kind of like the over in this game too but give me the bucks at three and a half nice nice how about you
0: Puma uh i i
2: i echo your sentiment about the uh the rams defense there puma uh you know Brady in the last, you know, last years of his time in New England and you know even now down in in Tampa Bay, you know, you pressure him, you're going to you're going to you're going to make some noise on that defensive side of the ball. Uh you know, I like the Rams secondary with Ramsey back there, you know, it's shutting down Mike Evans, you know, Antonio Brown, you know, he hasn't shown me really a whole heck of a lot yet. I mean, he had a couple of nice catches against Carolina uh last week, but I'm not as high on the Carolina Panthers as uh, as you guys were earlier on um, give me give me the Rams in this game I like it I like it to be close um, what did you say the over under was again Puma uh, 47 and a half uh, I see I still like the over in that game I, right. I I like this I like this to be like a 31 to 24 finish for the Rams and I, I just I, I think that the Rams defense is gonna cause a heck of a lot of havoc for that for that Brady-led offense. They're still going to score, but I, I think the Rams' defense is going to do enough to to, to, to win the game for the uh, for the Los Angeles Rams there.
0: Now, America, two weeks in a row. Oh, hopefully, God. you guys are paying attention to the take it to the bank parlays because we are two and zero right now. And if you yep. would have taken our advice and taken out a second mortgage last week and put it on essentially our parlay, you'd be a very rich person right now. And I think I'm going to go ahead and ask you to take that same money and put it on this game as well. Because I do believe the Rams are going to win this game. And that's uh, saying a lot coming wow. from a, uh, a Brady Brady lover over here. But Excuse <laughs> me
1: while I lay down on the, my bedroom floor in my I, parents house am, having a heart attack.
0: I am an esteemed you know professional podcaster, okay? Jay, can I just
1: say what you said? Este- I am esteemed professional podcaster in our group chat to figure out what the best bets are this week. I was in line getting a COVID test in South Carolina and my car was reading everything off. And the lady shoving the stick up my nose was like, "What did you tro- just say?" And I'm like, "My <laughs> colleague, my colleague, Jay, my brother is. Uh, we we have a football podcast, and he's actually going against uh, his boy Brady, the goat, uh, for for the one week. So I, I don't I really know like how I, I feel about I that. I call
0: it like I see it. Okay, I'm gonna kiss a
1: death right here.
0: <laughs> there goes that parlay. Goes... I, I am excited about the. Buccaneers. You said that last
1: week. <laughs> hey, hey, it's about time the Pats finally hit. You're one for four.
0: Listen, I was excited about the Buccaneers bouncing back and hanging 46 on the Panthers. And, and, and listen, I've already said I think the Panthers are, are an up-and-coming, decent team. They're not just no pushover, right? Uh, they were just like three points away from being the Kansas City Chiefs uh, two weeks ago. And I think in that game, Tay Bridgewater outplayed Patrick Mahomes at a better QBR. And the Buccaneers went into Carolina, hung up forty-six points. But I think it could have been much worse, man. They left like twenty-one points uh, off the board, right? They had three bad red-zone drives that kind of stalled out with some, you know, miscommunication, some bad play calling, a couple of bad throws by Brady. That could have been like a sixty-five-ish kind of game. Um, and they really came uh, with full force. But I do think this week, especially with how much we've talked about the Rams in the A-block, and I'm not going to recash all that. But I do think they're going to be able to get pressure on Brady and obviously, you know, which I don't buy into the whole notion that you put pressure on Brady, you know, he, 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 he sucks dick. I mean, that's like any quarterback that isn't mobile, like whether it's Peyton Manning or, you know, any quarterback that can't move big Ben, you put pressure on them. That's what happens in the NFL, but that's besides the point. But I do think that they're going to erase, the Rams are going to erase Mike Evans. Jalen Ramsey is going to be on him. And I think that's going to be kind of like, you know, taking him out of the game. It's going to come down to Brady relying on Godwin, Gronk, and AB. Well, if he's on the team on Monday, we'll see if that it's, <laughs> it's something that he can make it to Monday. But he is going to have to look for Godwin, Gronk, and AB. And we'll see if, if he can get some connection with those guys. And I think the one thing about the Buccaneers that I'm also concerned about is the defense. They've taken a, a few steps back the last couple of weeks. They're not at level, elite level they were about four weeks ago. Uh, The secondary just guesses way too much, man. They kind of get exposed. So with that being said, take it to the bank. I'm taking the Rams to win 28-21 against the Buccaneers at Monday Night Football. Wow. Thoughts on that? Let that marinate. Wow. Let that sink in. Like I said, I agree with you. I agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's move on to the segments sweeping the nation. Take it to the bank parlay and Bullets with Berg. Let's start with the parlay. Puma, what you got?
1: All right, so the recap real quick of the take-it-to-the-bank parlay. We have Jay, money line for the Los Angeles Rams, cha-ching. Burge, Tennessee, money line, cha-ching. And then me, I'm going with the points. I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals plus 3.5. They're getting 3.5 points. I Listen, it is juiced a little bit, so you're, you're, you're going to have to pony up the cash if you're taking the the Cardinals plus three and a half, but I, I think in this huge division matchup, we saw what they did a couple of weeks ago against the Seahawks. I think they covered that three and a half. Uh, real quick to wrap up my betting segment, uh, some of my own individual best bets that I'm going to be betting this weekend. I like the Miami Dolphins as three and a half point favorites uh, this week. I am blanking on who they are playing. Just bear with any guy, any y'all know off the top of their head who they are playing because I'm a fucking space cadet and forgot to write it down. Um, the Dolphins are playing Aren't the Aren't you Broncos, a Dolphins fan? The Broncos. I, I am. I am. But uh, I'm also uh, a scotch on the rocks and an IPA in. So bear with me on my birthday, Broncos. Birch. Uh, Broncos. Broncos. Three-and-a-half-point favorites. Drew Locke is dinged up. He is characterized as week-to-week week with a shoulder rib injury, I believe. Uh, I like the Dolphins' three-and-a-half-point favorites. I also like the over-under in this Cardinals game. Like I said earlier, it's a 57-58 total, depending on what book you get it at. Last meeting, they combined for 71 points. Now, a little teaser bit. Uh, I'm going to give you two teaser bets. The underdog teaser that I'm going to do, it's a standard six-point teaser. I'm going to tease the Green Bay Packers up to nine-point underdogs. I'm going to tease the Arizona Cardinals up to nine-and-a-half. So I'm getting those guys through the key numbers of three and seven into the nine range Uh, as underdogs. They just can't lose by those points. And my six-point favorite teaser, I like the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to tease them down to a point and a half, and I'm going to tease the Chargers down to two-and-a-half-point favorites. Now, I didn't feel that great throwing the Chargers in that leg because they've lost a bunch of games this year by one score. Uh, they haven't been able to close the game out, but I think against the New York Jets, the Chargers are going to finally get it done. Those are my two teaser legs that I like this week as well, too.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. And then the final segment of the day, a little bit of bullets action with the Burge. What's your fancy bullet, sir?
2: Look, I need I need a second to vent about my, my Dynasty football team here. The floor is yours, man. Oh, my God. Like... I needed a win this week to have a shot really at the playoffs I'm playing the league favorite in the last week of the season I need to win three out of four going into this week I lost this week so now I got to win against them where the hell were James Connor <laughs> against Cincinnati and DK Metcalf against the Rams talk about it irrelevant DK Metcalf got me two receptions for 28 yards and a half point PPR league that amounts to 3.8 points this guy has been a stud all year even in games where the Seahawks have lost okay putting up double digit points the last especially the last two weeks before this with 34 and 20 what the hell when I need him most he lets me down And then James Conner, my nice prized trade deadline acquisition, okay? I mean, granted, he came off a lackluster week against the Cowboys. I felt I bought low on him. He averaged double-digit points every week this year except for week one. And he goes and he lays a 5.8-point dud for me in this past week. And you know what? I got blown out because of that. Because of those two letting me down and not at least scoring six points, they let me down. I'm a huge DK Metcalf fan, and I want to think that he's going to bounce back from this, and I'm sure he will, but man, I hate him right now, and I hate James Conner, and I hate that I spent anything on him at the trade deadline to put him in my lineup and ring. Now,
1: now Burge, real quick, when you say you bought low on James Conner, what, what did you give up to get him?
2: There was a little bit of fat in the trade to make salaries work because in Dynasty you have to manage oh, a salary that's cap. Great. Yep. So there was a little bit of fat in there, but I essentially gave up a second round draft pick in the rookie draft to get him, which is that's not a bad. High low? Yes, because I mean, yes. If he's a, if you're a stud running back, he's also a ninety three dollar contract against a four hundred and forty dollar cap. So there's a lot that weighs into that decision. Yes, it's a buy low. Fair enough.
1: Keep in mind, I'm an idiot when it comes to Dynasty. So just keep that in mind.
2: There's (laughs) there's a whole lot that goes into it. And I had two other second round picks in that draft based on other trades that I had made. So it really was me basically giving pennies to get him. Okay. Hopefully put me over the top going forward, especially because I was was without Clyde Edwards Hilaire this week. And I benched my boy Chase Edmonds for James Conner, and J- Chase Edmonds in a timeshare outscored the starting running back for the nine zero Steelers. That's that's what it comes down to right now. So I'm a little pissed off.
1: Now, Urge, DK Metcalf, he's getting Patrick Peterson this week. You are are we going to have to do a welfare check on you on Sunday or Thursday? I should say. Like, are you going to? I just you? hope
2: I don't need to rely on him as much as I needed to rely on him this week with my bye weeks. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Gotcha. If he can, okay. If he if he can get me three receptions for 30 yards and put in a touchdown, I'm happy.
1: You're talking to a fellow DK Metcalf manager in full point PPR. You're speaking my language.
2: Just get me a touchdown, I'm happy. Perfect. But anyways, moving on from my rant here, because I needed to get that off my chest, because that really hurt me. That was the only downside to this week of the NFL for me was my fantasy team not performing, and I'll take that because my Patriots won. Anyways, moving forward, <laughs> fantasy lock for the week. We got to go with Dalvin Cook here. Playing against a Dallas defense that's reeling. Guy gets the rock 30 times a game. He still put up 96 yards against a stout Bears defense this past week. Give me Dalvin Cook here. I got him on one of my teams. He's got to be good for 15 to 20 points for you guys this week. Get Getting in the end zone at least once, if not twice. Involved in the passing game. You give me him. Also, another low-key lock that I'm going to go with here. And I call it low-key because it could go either way based on, on, on how this offense works. <coughs> Christian Kirk mm-hmm. against a terrible Seattle Seahawks defense. Obviously, he was not really involved this past week against uh, against the Bills. Better secondary um, there in Buffalo. But give me Christian Kirk here to get in the end zone against the Seattle Seahawks and to put up a decent day. Um, he's 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 had some uh, some good 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 weeks with Kyler Murray, putting getting into the end zone. So give me give me Christian Kirk here as a low key lock for the week, just based on the matchup. Now one last thing before we get to your lineup questions here, um, Jay and Puma, top waiver wire ad of the week. I wonder if you guys might be able to guess where I'm gonna go with this one.
1: Top
2: waiver wire. Uh, uh it's based on we'll an go. injury that occurred this week.
0: Well, that's uh that's really narrowing it down since so many injuries <laughs> happened last week. <laughs> it's offensive side of the ball.
2: Oh, oh running, running
0: back. That. Uh <laughs> nah,
2: quarterback, baby.
0: Is it Jameis Winston?
2: It is Jameis Winston, baby. Jameis oh, Jameis. Oh, crab legs himself. <clears throat> hey, Dude. EW. Dude, they need a W. He's got all the weapons there in in New Orleans to come in and succeed. The only thing that scares me a little bit with with this with this top waiver wire ad is how much Taysom <coughs> Hill is going to be involved in the backfield down there in New Orleans. He could be in there. He could. They could let him throw the ball more than they they have been with Drew Brees at the helm. But Jameis Winston, it seems like Drew Brees' in, injury is significant, and he's going to miss multiple weeks going forward. Um, so Jameis Winston last year in Tampa Bay balled out. You know, with Mike Evans, granted he threw all the 30 interceptions, but, you know, that's only minus two points in the fantasy world, so. It's fine, uh, he got LASIK surgery, you can see now. Yeah, well, maybe he he, he rejuvenates his career down there in New Orleans now with this uh, with this uh, opportunity, and I like him, you know, as a solid, if you need a quarterback, a bi-week filler, you got an injury, or you just have that kind of that middle-of-the-road quarterback, you want to jet for some upside, Jameis Winston is my guy. Line up questions. Let's go. All
0: right. Question one. You ready for this? Am I? Well, so first of all, Stefan Diggs is on a buy, so I got to find a uh, receiver to fill a spot. I got Kenny Galladay on the bench, which I've not been high on lately. So do I go out and put a waiver claim in for T. Higgins or Hollywood Brown?
2: Oh, give me oh. T. Higgins there. T. And well, over, to be honest over, with you.
0: Over Galladay as well. Because
2: God has been Galladay, it up. Galladay may not even play. He's mm-hmm. been injured. He's yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, he's been injured a lot in the last the last few weeks. Give me T. Higgins. He seems to have something there with with with, with Joe Burrow, yeah. mm-hmm. and you know, absolutely over Hollywood Brown. I'm not trusting Lamar Jackson to to figure out how to pass the ball. So, yeah, T. Higgins there, and then kind of kind of play it by ear as as to how the injury plays out as Sunday approaches. Um, but you know, T. Higgins is you know. I'd consider starting him if I had him on my team
0: now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the other one being, uh, do I start uh, Aaron Rodgers against the Indianapolis defense, or do I start Jared Goff against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense? Aaron Rodgers, right? Uh, you have
2: to go Aaron Rodgers there. You can't uh-huh. put your faith in Jared Goff. Yeah, but that you know, Jared Goff is good
0: though, man. He,
2: regardless, it's he, Aaron Rodgers. If you have him on your team without a better option like a russell wilson or a kyler murray or a, i'll even go as far as to say josh allen at this point but if you have him on your team you got to start him i would never bench aaron Rodgers for jared goff regardless of the matchup you, you gotta you gotta count on aaron Rodgers that he's gonna he's gonna throw at least two touchdowns 250 yards you know you got a high floor with aaron Rodgers. <sighs> Jared Goff, you're shooting for the ceiling on that, and you gotta hope he's gonna have have himself a day.
0: All right, so I just put my uh, waiver in for T Higgins, and I'm uh, dropping uh, Mr. Edmonds. Thank you so much for that advice as well.
2: Hey, it worked <laughs> out for a couple weeks. Yay! You know, hey, what?
1: Don't, don't, don't bash
2: me for that one.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna back Burge real quick. I, I I still think Chase Edmonds is the better running back in the Arizona backfield. I just I I, I don't know why. They're trying to go into a two-headed monster with with Kenyon Drake. He had a costly fumble. He had a couple of costly penalties. Uh, But for for the the duration of the season to the eye test, Chase Edmonds has looked like the better running back in the league. Uh, Not the league, but at least on that team. Uh, So I, I think Chase Edmonds should get a little bit more run than what he gets right now.
2: If I'm not mistaken, I think both Edmonds and Drake are up for contracts at the end of this season. And Drake is definitely going to try to command a a payday down there. And it wouldn't surprise me if next year, I don't know if your league is keeper or not, or redraft or what have you, but I could see chase Edmonds being the lead back down there in Arizona next year.
1: I think so too. I I definitely know Kenyon Drake got hit with the transition tag this year. And Mm -hmm. in the off season, he was talking about how he's going to win people fantasy leagues. Well, you haven't done shit homeboy. boy. Um, uh, Jay, you have any more fantasy questions? I'm or? done. It's all you. All right. Well, Burge, real quick, I, I like the Jameis Winston top waiver wire ad. Uh, I, I put in a claim for Michael Pittman, but if I was quarterback needy, I would have gone with him. Mm-hmm. I think with Winston under center, I think you're going to see a little bit more of an uptick in production with um, with uh, Emmanuel Sanders just because he is mm-hmm. a, a down-the-field burner. So I, I definitely like that call. Um, fantasy-wise – Dude, I I had a rough week last week I'm all there right with like you, man. Every, every move I made was the wrong one I benched T Higgins for Giovanni Bernard I I benched um, I, I, you know I benched DJ Moore the one time I benched DJ Moore he goes <laughs> off I, I think I benched him for for Chase Edmonds which I mean whatever it, it is what it is I needed a little bit more help at, at running back but um where do you Quarterback wise, I have Deshaun Watson, but I also have Tua Tongavailoa on my bench. Going against New England, it's they're at home, it's it's a dome. Like, do we like Deshaun Watson this week? Uh, you know, back in the confines of Houston against this New England defense, or would you pivot to a Tua Tungavailoa or another waiver wire quarterback this week? I'm also asking that because I have them stacked with, with Will Fuller, so that's going to affect my lineup decisions, let's say.
2: So So I think last week was kind of an anomaly for for the Texans and Sean Watson, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, uh, the passing attack down there just because of the weather that was going on in Cleveland last week, um, you know, when they played that game. I too started to Sean Watson last week. And, you know, he kind of let me down a little bit, not, not to the point where I needed to vent about him because I kind of expected that going in. going in. Um, but I, Tua, Tua needs, again, to continue to show more for me. I think the floor with Deshaun Watson is there. So if your you're floor, you're looking at, you know, 109, 190 yards passing, maybe a touchdown or two, and you're going to get some rushing rushing yards out of him, I think, as well. Tua... Uh, he's got a favorable matchup this week against against the Broncos, but he's still a little bit of an unknown. We have what two weeks of a sample size on him. Mm-hmm. I, I I find it hard to to sit Watson down, especially given how you know the, Joe Flacco had success against the Patriots secondary, and you know Lamar Jackson to an extent did too. I I, I have a hard time sitting down Deshaun Watson. I put Deshaun Watson just below the top echelon of fantasy quarterbacks, the top echelon being like uh, Russell Wilson, um, Patrick Mahomes, you know, you put them just below that tier.
1: Gotcha. Uh, uh, waiver wire, darling, where do you, where is your school of thought for Michael Pittman jr? Because a lot of <laughs> consensus people and, and, and media folk have Pittman jr. as the top waiver wire ad Uh, at least for the wide receiver position, probably number two behind James Winston. Do you buy into that school of thought? Do you have a different wide receiver, a different skill position player that you would put at number two behind Winston? Where do you fall in line?
2: Look, I drafted Michael Pittman in my rookie draft last year. So I'm a huge Michael Pittman junior fan. Um, You know, he's been battling injuries all year so far. Obviously he's got a chance to be the top target there in Indianapolis. Um, you know, for Phillip Rivers and, you know, whoever the quarterback is going forward down there. Um, I would, I, I, he was almost my lock for the week um, as, as a waiver wire pickup. The last two weeks he's looked really good since he's come back from injury in that offense. T.Y. Hilton has obviously fallen by the wayside there. Um, I, I would go with Michael Pittman there. You know, I, I, I got to have a hard time not bringing him up from my, uh, my practice squad in my dynasty league. Uh, to try to win me some games, you know I'm a huge fan of him. Was it coming out of college, and I liked where he ended up. You know, Philip Rivers. You know, say what you want about him with his interceptions and his ducks that he throws. He's still he's still a productive fantasy quarterback. Um, you know, he's kind of in that 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 lump group with you know the middle of the pack quarterbacks. Um, so yeah, give me Michael Pittman there if you if you're gonna put in a claim for a receiver. I he's he's probably the top one. If the only other option that I would consider at that point would be Valdez Scantling. If he's still available in your league, a little bit of a question mark there because Lazard is coming back for, for green Bay. And he was definitely the number two behind Adams uh, early on before he got hurt.
1: Gotcha. And last question, piggybacking off the, the Pittman answer uh, just rapid fire. Would you start Pittman over T Higgins this week in a flex full point PPR?
2: Uh, who's Cincinnati playing again this week? They are playing Washington
1: in Washington,
2: in Washington, Indianapolis. We already talked about has green Bay. I, I like, I, I, like the Joe Burrow connection there with T Higgins. And okay. I, I, I like to think that he's going to score a touchdown with him there. And, and you know how I feel about Indianapolis's offense and the team in general. I'm not, I'm not sold hundred percent on them. You know, Michael Pittman has looked good the last two weeks. Um, Green Bay, you know, good team, could shut him down. You know, I, I would put him as a top target in the passing game there in Indianapolis. So, you know, they're going to game plan against him. So, I I lean T. Higgins there, but it's more of a coin flip.
1: Gotcha. Uh, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman over the Arizona running backs for the flex. Oof.
2: You got to pick one at one of those two guys or running back.
1: Yeah. Let's
2: see, my my philosophy again in fantasy is picking the running back over over the wide receiver. Are you PPR full point? Yep. Oof, that makes it even tougher. Right. <laughs> Welcome
1: to my life, Burge. I have Drake. I got Edmonds. I have T Higgins, and I stand a good shot at getting Michael Pittman this week. <laughs>
2: Probably lean T Higgins there in that spot just because of the timeshare in Arizona with the running backs and to be honest with you in the running backs if you're full point PPR, Chase Edmonds catches more balls than Kenyon Drake does, but it's hard to go against you know a top target for a quarterback and I like the Joe Burrow T. Higgins connection and I think that's going to continue to get better.
1: Got it so for people in my boat you'd go T Higgins chase edmonds Pittman, then drake
2: yes okay PP, full point ppr yes yes okay
1: gotcha that should just about wrap up all my questions for fantasy
0: <laughs> all right sounds good um do you guys want to get to anything else before we uh, end this podcast I'm think, good.
1: I'm good, man. I'm good. I gotta go have some cake with the fan before my my sister, is, you know, hits me with the chair for taking too long. <laughs> well, so why don't you
0: go ahead and plug it up and let's call this a uh, let's call this a wrap. All
1: right, cool. So this episode of the pod, along with previous ones, can be found uh, on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Google Podcast, Stitcher, YouTube under Pro Football Radio Podcast. Social media, Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter at PFR Podcast. I'm on the Twitter machine, Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima's at Jay Chima. Our senior contributor, Eric Burgess, is on the Twitter machine at Burge the Goalie. Be sure to get after his ass for the hill that he is dying on with Andy Reid at (laughs) Burge the Goalie. Tell him that the cheeseburger takes are fine. You know, leave Andy alone. Like, that's where I'm sitting at right now. So get after his ass. Twitter, at Birch the Goalie. Like, subscribe, download. Hit us up in social media. We're definitely going to be opening this up moving forward a bit. We would love a little bit more fantasy questions for Bullets with Birch from y'all. And uh, hopefully uh, you guys enjoy this episode and hit us up on social media.
0: Wonderful. Well, that uh, concludes Podcast 68. We'll see you next week for Podcast 69.
1: <laughs> Might just have a picture of Gronk. Bronk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> see you guys next week.
1: Vaya Condios!
0: Peace!